0: how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 247 and I had a conversation with my friend Navaris Darson. He is a friend of mine uh, and we met in acting class, which is the most LA thing I've ever said, but it's true. And we had a conversation that went all over the place, really. We talked about uh, his acting. We talked about hypnotherapy. We talked about having one's heart broken and dating and uh, where he grew up, all sorts of things. It was a really good conversation. He uh, has been in some things that you have seen, I'm sure of it, or have likely seen. Uh, he's been in Two Broke Girls, American Horror Story, uh, a show called Home, Will and Grace, host of other things. Really great comic timing, Wonderful actor. I would be in class in awe of him, to be honest. Just so good. And we got to be friends, and I just find him delightful. So now you get to discover him. And it's it's a fun conversation. Other news, the thing I watched this week that I completely flipped over. My friend Ellen told me I had to watch it, and I did. And wow, wow, wow. It is incredible. It's called In and Of Itself. It's a one-man show by Derek Delgadio, and I—I I don't want you to look it up as to what it's about. It's such an experience that to—to—to to, to have that opportunity to see it in real time without knowing anything ahead of time, I think, is a real joy. I went into it without knowing anything, and I'm so happy I did it that way. It's extraordinary. I cried, of course, because I'm a crier, but it's beautiful it really is uh I could not recommend it more and thank you to Ellen for telling me to watch it because wow it's really something so much of the show reminds me of how I feel about this show and what I'm aiming for with this show so I really did feel a kinship with it and if you're listening to this show then I guarantee you you will like it. It's on Hulu. And again, it's called In and Of Itself. Definitely watch it. In other news, social media, Hey Human Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can find me, Susan Ruthism, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can go to susanruth.com to find more information about me in general, including my artwork and my music and anything I might be up to in the moment. And of course, the heyhumanpodcast.com website is where you're going to find the links page where I have information about every episode of my guests and what they're talking about or if they have books or we talk about articles or things that we don't know or whatever. You know, I do the research and I stick it on the links page. So definitely check that out. There is a storefront where you can buy Hey Human merchandise please do that. It supports the show. Rate and review Hey Human on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And oh, I almost forgot. If you go on SusanRuth.com, there's a mailing list there. You can sign up for the mailing list. And I send out a mailer about every (laughs) four or five months. I said I was going to do one this week and I didn't. So I'm a big fat liar. But what are you going to (sighs) do? Things happen. So (laughs) I have not done that, but I promise there is one coming. I have been writing notes as to what I want to put in the mailer, so that should count for something, I think. That's about it as far as the usual stuff. Um, Thank you for listening. Stay safe, as I always say. Please, please, please stay safe. Be well. Be kind. And uh, we're getting through this, and uh, hang on. I know we're all in different states of... (laughs) Of being, and uh, please stick around. Uh, some some people I know have made choices not to stick around, and I tell you, um, it's important to stick around because we need you. We really do. And I mean, I know it's tough in a moment, uh, but there's a moment after that moment, and there's another moment after that moment, and. That could maybe be where the greatest moment is for you, and please, I want you to find that out, so stick around. Okay, uh, that was a tangent, but it was important for me to say. Uh, here we go, and I love you. Let's do this. Navarra Stars, and welcome to Hey Human!
1: Hi, thanks for having me!
0: I'm really excited!
1: Uh, I have no idea what to expect, so I'm <laughs> just That's open the to be.
0: Best way to be, I promise. <laughs>
1: Great.
0: We met in an acting class. That is the first time we met, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which in the uh, Graham Shields acting class, but uh, yeah, with Crystal, Crystal's class, I think, or did no. we actually meet in Graham's? I love session?
1: Crystal. Yeah, we met and we met in the introductory like session with Graham, and then we yeah. both end up in Crystal's class.
0: What a fantastic group of of teachers of educate. I mean, I, I know acting people that it's coaches, but I still consider them educators. Yeah. Yeah. They're really fantastic. And uh, man, you are phenomenal. There is a few people in the class cause I'm brand new to this craft and uh, <laughs> there are a few people where I thought, okay, if this, this is great. I love it when I can learn from my peers too, you know,
1: that's really sweet. I appreciate yeah. you saying. You have
0: that. great comic timing, which I love.
1: I was born with it. <laughs> you got to be born with it.
0: Not Maybelline.
1: <laughs> it's not Maybelline. You can't buy it. You either you either come into this industry and you're ready for it, or you don't even bother. No. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah I took
1: a lot of classes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. We'll get to all that stuff. That's that's not the focus. The first focus is uh, where are you from originally?
1: Originally, I'm from Fayetteville, Georgia.
0: Down south.
1: Yeah, but I've been in L.A. for 15 years, um, so it feels just as much as home as Georgia does. Sure. Yeah, but I'm from the Burbs.
0: Yeah. And yeah. uh, growing up, were you did you close family, not close family?
1: I had a great family. Uh, like, uh, my mom and my dad were lovely. I didn't get along with my little brother very much. We fought a lot, but that's like n- normal sibling stuff. Um, and I had an older half brother. We became closer um, later in life. What did you and your little brother fight about? Um, and like looking back on it, it was just like almost different ways of communicating. Like mm-hmm. um, I, I was more of a reader and like more of like book smart. And like like I don't, I don't even mean I think I think he's very smart. But I like I I love to read books. I was very like artistic and creative. And he was more like Power Rangers and fighting and punching things and so like if i maybe said maybe said something that might have been like insensitive i wouldn't think of it as starting the the fight but he would and if he hit me i would think of it as starting the fight so i think we both didn't understand just like what triggered the other person and so we just have like stupid petty arguments about like who gets who got to watch tv and so forth
0: sure are you close now No, we're
1: not. I think he's mad at me uh, since November or something. But like, it's out of my control. I don't. I don't lose sleep over other people's drama.
0: Is your family conservative, or are they more on the liberal side? Would you say
1: politically, we're liberal. The whole fam. Yeah, but we lived a very conservative life in the religious sense. Um, How do you
0: mean? Expand on that.
1: Just like deep south. You know christian morals like uh i don't drink my parents don't drink um i don't cuss like outside of acting um i just have no desire to uh, but yeah we vote democrat and like i am i am like full-on progressive right now <laughs> like burn it all down and build a new
0: build a new system yeah yeah um Okay, so I'm curious, did you pursue the creative arts then in high school, Is there, or did was it starting even sooner than that, maybe back in junior high?
1: For as long as I can remember, I loved to be creative. Like, I used to write stories when I was a kid. I used to draw. I used to, like, sing songs constantly. I joined the uh, gospel choir. My parents made me, actually, uh, in the fifth grade, but I loved it. And then in middle school, I was, I was in the chorus, and... I was torn because I really loved drawing and I really loved um, singing. And when I got to high school, I couldn't do both. I could only have one elective. So I had to make a choice. And I feel like it really like almost put my life on two different tracks. I chose chorus, which I believe made me more outgoing because I'm an introvert by nature. But chorus led me to drama and that eventually became my career.
0: It's interesting how many shy people go into pursuits where they are front and center
1: oh i remember in middle school there was like i think talk of a play or something and i was like i was like i could never do that i was like i can't know because I, I was like chubby and i stuttered and i wore glasses and i had braces and i was like oh i could never know like actors are like denzel washington and brad pitt i can never do that
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. you showed them uh the stuttering thing did it get was did it start off not as bad and got worse was it brought on by stress or how did that come to be
1: Starting when I was young, um, I took speech therapy classes for it and it was weird because just I didn't have a problem with it, but like people would point it out as if I didn't realize that I'd stuttered and I'd be like, yeah, I'm very much aware that I couldn't say that word for the past minute, but thank you. Uh, but I wasn't as saucy as I am now. I just was like, I <laughs> just <laughs> frowned. Um, uh, and then it comes and goes really. like It used to bother me more when I was a kid and I just... I've accepted it as a part of who I am and like it happens when I teach sometimes and I don't even think about it.
0: But it doesn't come out in your acting. I've seen you perform several scenes where one would never know.
1: When I sing and when I act, it doesn't happen. Maybe because I'm playing a different character. Like it's very personal to me.
0: I've heard that a lot actually with people who have a stutter that when they are performing, (laughs) I should say with performers, that when they perform as an actor or a, or a singer that it doesn't show up and, and that is always fascinating it makes me wonder where i haven't done any research on stuttering it makes me wonder where in the part of right. the language center yeah. i know it's in the, it must be in the language center but what's where that disconnect you know that from oh i have this thing here when i'm talking and does not exist when i'm giving a you know five page speech maybe it's
1: almost like i knew that as a kid i struggled with the feelings of not being seen and heard which kind of it's been a theme throughout my life in different ways but like when you're acting and singing like they're gonna see you and listen to you like i don't have to fight for it's like (laughs) i have an audience so maybe so maybe just like a subtle thing of like just knowing that i have permission to be seen and heard
0: yeah Uh,
1: but yeah i'm not sure yeah i don't know technically like what goes on in the mind that makes it.
0: Did you have an idea of who you were as a person growing up in a family that was, as you said, more conservative as far as religion and stuff? Because obviously eventually you realized like what your sexuality is and all that stuff. And in a super hyper religious family, that might not be okay. Was that part of it or was it accepted in your family?
1: I think I always felt like an outsider, even as a kid, because I wasn't, I didn't have homosexual urges when I was a kid. Oh yeah, surprise listeners, I'm gay. Um, No, I didn't have any homosexual urges as a kid, Um, but I was sensitive. That was the word that kept being thrown around. It was like, oh, you're really sensitive, you're too sensitive. And I used to like, I was into like stuff that girls liked and I love the color pink, but I couldn't, tell people that I love the color pink had to like lie about it. so there was this feeling of like, having to like hide myself to be safe. Um, very early on, and but I never, like, su- like, like succumbed to it, succumbed to it, succumbed feels right. Neither word is appropriate.
0: succumbed <laughs> to, to it. it. Yes. I, yes. I like
1: succumbed I'm trying to get. It's been get a it long a, time I'm since i I don't know about you.
0: When did I get, get that years. going?
1: <laughs> no one else is picking it up, but I'm really trying to get it, get it out there. um Succumbed to it. Uh, I always like I, I think which is rare. Like I'm always eventually ended up being true to my authentic self. Um, so even, I think the, the biggest inc- moment of incongruency, incongruency was when I realized I was homosexual because um, it was a sharp contrast between my religious beliefs and like who I was becoming. And it was something that I suffered with alone for like four years because I was afraid to tell my parents and like um, praying for God to take it away. Um, and... It took me years to like really embrace that authentic part of myself um so it's like i always kind of always kind of known who i am i haven't always been able to embrace it right away at times but like eventually i get there
0: how old were you when you started having those feelings that you realized that oh
1: i remember like i was i was 14. oh it was the weirdest thing is that so my mom's a twin and her twin was was killed in a violent incident um uh, when I was 13 the summer before I turned 14 Mm -hmm. and um after he used to play the piano and like later came out that he was bisexual and like at the the summer after he died is when I started playing the piano is when I suddenly had homosexual like urges it was almost like this weird passing of the baton um because it nothing. I was sensitive, but like I was actually wanted a girlfriend through college because I, I think I was culturally indoctrinated to believe that like I would marry a black woman. So I, I was I had crushes on black women and I wanted to marry a black woman because that's what I was taught. Was what I was taught. Um, uh, but then I was like, Oh, I like guys too now. This is very confusing. But it started when I was 14. I remember the night it happened. It was what happened? intense. You know, how you have like scrambled porn channels sure i was just like, <laughs> like like you've heard of those great <laughs> sure i was flipping you're like oh i think
0: like, i saw a nipple
1: <laughs> that's the thing like i was because i don't i i had I no i'm such romantic i'm so pure like i like most teenagers like want about sex no desire whatsoever so i was just like flipping through channel and i passed one and this urge to see like a male penis came up and i was like that's weird but I was, it was like it was like a fever like, like I like I have to see this and I couldn't see anything the, the shadow was completely scrambled but I rem- it was just like it was terrifying at the same time because I had never had that feeling before um and then it just never went away I guess
0: mm. how old are you when you had your first relationship then
1: uh, I've never had a relationship
0: okay. um,
1: probably okay. the biggest challenge and area of sadness of my life um but yeah it's I've, I've dated in the in recent years i've never had a like a relationship
0: when you first started dating you said that you were conditioned i totally get that too. marry a black woman oh also newsflash everyone he's black um Surprise. <laughs> i think they got the gay when you said you were sassy
1: <laughs> <laughs> like saucy was the word i used oh
0: saucy okay maybe you said saucy. yeah okay saucy <laughs> either way when did you first start going on dates then with men or with boys because you were younger i suppose
1: Um uh really in my twenties it was a lot of just like hookups. Um and not by choice. Like uh So not
0: in high school at all. You didn't
1: No, no, like I didn't even date girls in, in high like I had crushes on girls, but like there was this girl that I really liked and she told me that I was like fat and like to leave her alone and I was like I smiled at her and I was like oh I don't like you and inside I just like died inside Mm -hmm. and for a long time I couldn't tell people that I had crushes on them through through high school um and also like I was I wasn't gonna tell a guy that I had crushes on them in high school at all so it was mostly girls and um, I lost someone when I was in college who was very important to me and that changed how I went through life. Like I, I started to like, if I had a crush, I, I, I let that person know. But that started like in college, but I got rejected a lot, um, all through my twenties. Um, and I did, I think like one of my first dates was when I was like 24, 25, like one of my first real dates we met doing background work. I don't think, I didn't even realize it was a date um, and I was like kind of excited to find out <laughs> I was like oh this is a date
0: I've been on some of those dates <laughs> where you're on the date about halfway through yeah. and you're like oh shit I think oh, oh is the no. date
1: like, he likes me cool 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 cool. and that was like really cool he was very sweet it just like it just wasn't a match and I see him and his husband on like like Instagram I'm so happy for them
0: yeah um,
1: but kind of my narrative didn't change until 2017 um like that's um, when I started to date more regularly um
0: were you, was your family okay when you came out to them? How did that go?
1: It was a sermon that made me tell my parents that oh, I was, yeah, because the pastor was like, you should be able to tell your parents anything. And I just felt like he was just talking like straight to me. And I've been just dealing with it on my own. And I, I was going to a, a Christian college, actually, in North Georgia called Aberry College. And that summer, I checked out every book about homosexuality that they had, like, which was more than I thought that a Christian college in North Georgia would have. But I sat down and I made my peace with it. And I was like, oh, like I'm not a sinner. Like I am, this is how God made me and he loves me. And you can choose to do something else, but this is what I choose to believe because I have evidence that supports this. And so then I went to my parents after the sermon and I was like, I'm bisexual. I thought I wanted to be bisexual desperately. A lot of gay men do it first. Um, and they said that they loved me still, but not to tell anyone. So for like the next year, because they were helping me financially in college as well, because I transferred, so I lost my scholarship. Um, uh, they were helping me out. So I just felt obligated to like not tell anyone. And that year was terrible. And then after a year, I was like, I'm telling everybody and i just went around the theater department telling people that i was gay which is like the safest place to tell people that you are gay because they're like oh my god no and they're like okay cool whatever um, and then after that in california i just told people so like i was out in my personal life but my career felt like the wall like i was afraid to come out as an actor because i felt like it would limit my possibilities and i struggled for acting in a long time because i wasn't i didn't have dating experience and i didn't like know i felt every time i try to act straight i lost my charisma um and i couldn't figure out like how to break through that for a really long time how did you um i just eventually i got really tired of feeling trapped in my own existence uh and uh, when i turned 30 I was like, I'm just gonna post on Facebook that I'm gay and like, I'm just gonna be openly gay in all, fa- in all facets, faucets, facets. That's What's happening weird. with my words today? <laughs>
0: I don't know, but I'm loving it. <laughs> I've
1: been writing poetry all day. And I think my, my brain is just... Been,
0: Look, we are um, in a pandemic and there are no rules, honey. It's <laughs> anything
1: can happen. <laughs> uh, facets. Uh, and I just posted on Facebook and I was like, hey, like I'm gay. And I just been like 100% openly gay ever since then. And that's when... Yeah, like I booked my first TV TV job shortly after that.
0: So, have you found it to be any bit of a trouble at all in getting gigs, or? Uh,
1: I think for me, I think everybody's different, and you know, everybody has their own personal acting journey. If you're going to be an actor, I don't want to be an actor who does it all. I have no interest in that. Like, I don't want to, I have no interest to win an Oscar or an Emmy. If I do, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> um, but like, I want to do like family friendly stuff and I want to do like gay content. Like, so for me, it was, it's been great because like, it's aligned me with like stuff that I want to do because I started a book because I, I want to play gay, gay roles. Um, so, and yeah, a lot of my stuff that I booked has been, uh, roles as gay characters.
0: Do you think they're getting better, they being Hollywood um, or cinema at large, uh, in uh, bringing in people who are actually gay or even trans to play those kinds of characters? Because historically, of course, it's been straight people playing those characters.
1: I think it's a mix. I know I I lived, my first roommate in my current apartment, is was, was an actor, he still has one, he's he's alive, I don't know why I said it was, he's an actor. <laughs> And he's dead
0: to me. He's dead
1: to me though. But he's straight <laughs> and he booked a lot of gay parts. So I know that like they're still calling people in and I, I love him and like I want him to book work. And I, I'm not one of those gay people who's like up in arms about straight people playing um, gay roles. I just want there to be equal opportunity, people being called in. So if I just, I just want to be, I want to be invited into the room. And then if you cast a straight person, so be it, uh, uh, based my problem on is work.
0: My, right. Yeah.
1: My yeah. problem is like when you're not inviting gay people into the room and it's just like, well, that's not fair. Um, cause I'm not getting called in for a lot of straight roles. Um, so yeah, I think it's just equal opportunity is what I hope, is getting better.
0: Mm. Uh, what about yeah, as, a, past, as a black man being called into roles? Because I think that's starting to get a tiny bit. They're finally taking notice, right? That, that diverse characters, diverse casting, and even maybe historically white roles is okay. And guess what? They'll still make money.
1: <laughs> it really is, um, how do I put this? It's been an issue for me in my acting career. Like I moved here um, and I wanted to be an actor and I went to acting school and I I saw all these roles that I wasn't suitable for. Like I was like, I don't play basketball. I don't rap. I don't wear saggy jeans. And like my agent was, my agent sent me out for like a Nigerian Prince once. And I was like, I'm too light. Like I don't don't look Nigerian. (laughs) They just Um, asked
0: you to send an email telling them that they have
1: $10 Come do it. (laughs) um and and then i noticed that like in the gay community like with gay roles like i was booking a lot of like gay black actor stuff and it was all so one-dimensional and it was really upsetting because like i grew up watching gay tv shows and gay movies and it was always like a a Caucasian person and that was the lead and they had the romantic story like they had the love life there's always like a friend a black friend who was just like one dimensional going like that's right girl live your truth and like they were hilarious but they didn't have a full life and I got to a point in my own life and I realized I'm living the one dimensional like black gay character that they keep writing in TV shows and I was like I'm done with this I want to be the leading man of my own story and in Gay cinema, and I made the i I made that shift. I mean, I made that shift in both my life and in my career.
0: When you were younger, and and understanding your sexuality, and I mean, also being black. So, I is your was your community growing up? Uh, was it multiracial, or was it a black community, or was it mostly white?
1: You mean like my neighborhood? Yeah. I went to school, church, and Walmart. Like that was, I'm not an overly exciting person and like that's all I needed. Uh, and so Walmart wasn't my community, but between school and church, like church was all black. And um, um, at school, it was a mix. It was predominantly Caucasian. There was a large enough African-American community, but because I was gifted, um, I was around more Caucasian students than African-American students. Like I think there were there were only about I want to say two or three other African American students in the gifted program, mm. um, uh, but so but in the chorus, which was my family, my high school chorus was my absolute family. Uh, that's where it was a melting pot. Like it was like, it was like black and white, and um, had a lot of friends of different races. Um, I've always felt like an outsider in both communities in terms of, and I was just an outsider in general, like being gay in the black community i felt like i didn't fit in and also being just like just super super straight edge like just super like clean clean cut and like not cussing and not doing doing drugs um and then in the gay community being black um i I got rejected a lot because of my race Uh, and i didn't feel like i belonged there either and it was maybe when i was like 33 that was like it's okay that you don't belong in either. And giving myself permission just to like, just be myself and not feel the need to be mad about it.
0: I've read in, excuse me, I've read in a lot of books uh, about uh, LGBTQ and race, you know, the intersection of that. Yeah, that uh, it is, I don't want to say frowned upon in the black culture, but it's not as... No,
1: it is. I mean,
0: I didn't, you know, I don't know. the term to use exactly but it seems like it's more of an outsider thing and you actually get shamed
1: yeah no because you have two things going on primarily in the black community and it's hyper masculinity and it's like hyper christianity so like let's say a large part of the black community so if you're like a gay person um and it's getting better and like i i know it's getting better but like growing up and like around that like i used to Get anxious going to the barber shop because my mom cut my hair for years. And going to like a black barber, the way, hearing hearing how they talked and just like I felt, I, you know, like I should not let anybody know that I'm gay because I won't because I won't be accepted. I I, been, I went to one where they actually like made fun of a gay person on like a cell phone. Uh, they were watching like a video, and I never went back because I was like, I'm, that made me so uncomfortable.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's hard, too, when you're trying to figure out who you are, because as we discover who we are, we look to others to mirror back at us and, and all that, and, and also television. So if you're not, there's not a lot of black representation on television when you and I were growing up. Obviously, there was the, the handfuls of like the Good Times and the Cosbys and, you know, that kind of stuff, um, but not a spectrum, as you so well put it, um, and certainly not a lot of, of well-developed gay characters as you put it. In fact, I would say that the the sidekick gay friend was usually a person of color in the the like romantic comedies, Mm -hmm. you know, which gives it an extra like weird sort of creepy level that why is that the the person there to entertain you? Why is that the clown person, you know? It's
1: actually weird because like one of my white gay friends brought it to my attention. Cause I was like, I was like, oh my, you're right. <laughs> like, as a matter of fact, what's his name right now? Like Billy Porter.
0: Mm.
1: He's like having such a huge like um, time right now, but I first saw him in like um, Broken Hearts Club, which is one of my favorite movies. But like, that's who, that's the part that he played. He was just like the funny black gay who was going through, going through a breakup who got laughs. But the love story was like, a bunch of straight people there's a white straight people playing gay and i was like i can't wait to move to west hollywood
0: (laughs) (laughs) you you say that you've never you've never been in love i have been in love oh you've been in love you've never dated had a a relationship. relationship all right let's talk about those two things why are they discongruent
1: um, I don't know if you know this, but you can love someone that them loving you back because I've learned that.
0: Oh my God, I knew it.
1: <laughs> <The> hard way. <laughs> real um, talk
0: when the and Susan. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> we're, we're going to get real and we're going to get into it. Um, I actually fell in love with someone for the first time uh, a year ago before quarantine. Um, and it was... I, like I always wonder if I'd been in love before because I had crushes and infatuations. In them. I, I really wanted people and I had been dating a, dating a little bit but I met this person and um we were after a few days like two few days too to be honest like from a logical standpoint I was like this isn't probably not love but like we were over his friend's house and he was playing the piano she was playing the piano and he was singing and they were singing together and this almost like a breeze moved through my soul. And it was like, I love this person. I love this person before. And I always will love this person. And I was like, not sharing that right now. Cause that feels too soon. And don't want to scare him away. Wait till um, the
0: bridge. <laughs> wait till <wait laughs> the
1: bridge to get that out. But it was like, we went through so much together in like just two months and it destroyed my life. Like it actually like destroyed my, I'm still going through it. Like it's the, like the longest dark night of the soul but like I've never loved someone so unconditionally before um, knowing that it's not reciprocated. Um, It's been hard. I'm going to cry. But yeah. uh, And thing is like, he liked me and he should have like, he thought I looked like a supermodel, which I am pretty close. Um, Hey, I've uh,
0: seen your ads, honey. (laughs) Pretty good.
1: We really got along the thing that it wasn't me that wasn't ready. Like he wasn't, like he he didn't love him, he didn't love himself, and like I see everything so clearly, and it's more just like a this anger anger at, at the universe for why it didn't work out. Um, but I'm living past it, and I'm been zoom dating, uh, and I met a new guy, and then like he's talking to somebody else, so that's a new, he's in, that's a new disappointment. Uh, and so it's just like a lot of disappointment in the past year, but I keep putting myself out there. Um, it's all you can do I guess
0: yeah it's all you can do uh, what is your ideal guy what's he like
1: that's the big thing uh, I feel like I tell like the longest answers to your questions um,
0: I hope so <laughs> that's what we like around here
1: um, in 2018 the year that I first met this guy before he ghosted me the first time um, uh, I was helping a friend with a pilot presentation and it was like dating advice plus a free socket reading and the reading was terrible it, There was nothing correct in the reading But i <laughs> asked the woman to give me like advice for my career she gave me advice for my teaching career and i was like i don't need advice for my teaching career my acting career. i was so just like oh this woman but she gave me these like positive thoughts to think throughout the day so every two hours i get like a positive thought and she also told me to write a list of my dream guy and so i wrote that list out and that's why When I met that guy, I knew that like it was him because he matched everything on that list except for the first thing, which was like the ability to love. Um, But besides that, he was perfect. I mean, it's weird because all I did was I went through like all the guys that I had dated, and I was like, I just wrote down what 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 I liked about them. I was like, okay, I liked Kevin's creativity. I like Luke's financial stability. I like this person's you know sense of humor. Um, and sweetness is a big thing for me. Open communication, trust. Um, yeah, if someone, and what I realized kind of recently, because I've been doing something called the Gene Keys, I think you talked about this um, outside of the podcast. Um, but like a big thing for me, knowing that I like someone, is a sense of timelessness. Like if I can be with that person and we just lose track of time and I feel like time and flow. Like that's what I know that I like someone, um, and it's what I'm looking for in my life, in my work, and in my in my romantic relationship. Is that sense of timelessness? So the hard part is like when I find that person where I feel that timelessness, and then it doesn't work out.
0: Yeah, that's a really great way to put it. A sense of timelessness and the flow where you just be with someone. Yeah, and especially because many of us were grow, you know, we were raised up growing up to be conditioned in a sense of drama from our parents or our siblings or our first relationships or even things we saw on TV, right? A good romantic comedy has a lot of drama. Uh, And, I'm thinking that that's what love looks like.
1: I literally was, I was on a run yesterday. I really don't, when I say yesterday, I don't mean it because I have no concept of time anymore since quarantine (laughs) it could have been in the past year. I was going on a run and I was like, I don't want a great love. Like, I don't want a love that you see on a movie where it's like epic stakes. I just want a simple, like mundane, I meet, they last through the end, there's no, tragic ups and downs i was just thinking that the other day
0: i think sense of humor being able to laugh with each other is huge because man this world is it can be a shit show and to be able to laugh and and poke poke fun at each other like in a sweet way not a mean way but that kind of thing i love that
1: having a playmate right? like is like yeah
0: the play the play thing like being a kid again yeah being able to play and not uh feeling judged the vulnerability of it all yeah that's I a tricky that. thing to think. Yeah, and I think that the fact that you wrote that that out is so smart. I, I have one too. I have one of those. It's I think seven or eight pages long, but there's nothing on there that's insane. It's like, you know, it's kind to human beings. It's, you know it respects animals and children, and you know, doesn't is it mean to waiters or waitresses, you know, things like that where, as you say, as you go through dating, you pay, What did I not like, or what did I like about someone, and incorporate that in? And you know, at the end of seven or eight pages, it's not a superhero; it's just a decent <laughs> human being. It's just a decent human being.
1: But it's also like it's also just values, because mm-hmm. you know, like finding someone that values what you value is super important. Because there are people who don't value what I, who don't value what I value, but they're still decent. But I wouldn't want to date them. You know. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, definitely want a decent human being, 100%.
0: Does religion figure in for you?
1: I don't care. Like, if they don't care, I don't care. I'm the guy that I like right now. um, We still talk, even though he's talking to someone else. Like, we we don't talk, talk. They're talk, talking. We're just talking. Um, We have, like, the weirdest conversations about, like, reincarnation and, like, aliens and, like, are we human or just like you know pre- awareness or are um, we
0: dancer Yeah, <laughs>
1: or are we dancer and like i love it like i love talking to him about that 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 stuff because we're both spiritual like we're both we both share this like this like spir- the spirituality that like a year ago i probably wouldn't it probably wouldn't make sense to me but after everything that happened with the other guy like it got me to a place where i could relate to this other person at this level
0: Mm, i love deep talks about nothing that's one of my favorite things in the whole world yeah yeah
1: that's probably why you started this
0: podcast i mean that's not totally wrong yeah there's a lot of reasons why i started the podcast but (laughs) Yeah. yeah i do i love having conversations about things that interest people that is one of my most favorite things in the whole world um where do you stand with god
1: um for a long time I just taught myself that God is love. Like that's all that I needed. That like, God is love and I don't care what you call him, call him God or yeah, I don't, it would be weird to me if God got upset if you called him by like a different name. It's like just weird. Mm-hmm. Um but then also then later it was like oh God is love and God is like inside of us. So I was like, oh my gosh, like w- you know, God is in us too. So we don't have to like that's some like some crazy old man who's just being whatever, but he's like, you know, love is inside of us. And then recently I read this book, um, Reality Unveiled. Um, and there's, he proposes, the writer proposes ideal where it's like, there was just a spirit of love that existed before the universe began. And then it just kind of like, it um, was just nothing but love, but it was like unpotentiated love. Like it was like, there was no this or that. So had nothing to give the love to So it split itself into infinite creatures and things. And that's why we're here because we're all just that original being experiencing love in different ways.
0: Is that the plot to Hedwig and the Angry Inch?
1: It might be, I've never seen that musical.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm being facetious, but it kind of is along that. I remember there was a a section, you have to watch it, it's fantastic. There's a section in Hedwig Hedwig and the Angry Inch that uh, describes love and soulmate kind of stuff and it just reminded me of that yeah, yeah you've been doing hypnosis i did that as well with our mutual friend rachel Keis, who's a phenomenal hypnotherapist
1: i love rachel
0: yeah she and i did a session we stuck it up on youtube and it was r- hilarious and great i mean not hilarious as in as in it wasn't <laughs> You know what I'm saying. Anyway. Exactly. You know, watch.
1: I watched it. Exactly. I, watch.
0: I thought it was a fascinating experience. How have you found all of that to be in your growth and in your learning about who you are?
1: I mean, for me, like, I was in a lot of pain uh, over the past few months. Like, after getting my heart broken and my appendix removed and, like, losing my financial stability and, like, everything happening with coronavirus, like... And I was trying to find my way out of it. Like, I was trying to, like, create art and, like zoom date and all this and the harder i tried to get out of it like it got so bad i would wake up with like a hot poker of sadness like a physical sensation like that like it wasn't even my I, my mind couldn't will it because it was like before my mind woke up like it was just living inside of me and i was desperate and i saw your video actually i saw you post your video on on facebook about hypnosis and i was like <laughs> Let me see if I can get me some of that. Uh, and it's like I, I took therapy. I tried everything. It's the only thing that helped me like get away from that disabilitating pain. Like it was unbearable. So I'm eternally I, I almost think this is my second time wanting to cry during this talk because like I am eternally grateful to Rachel for helping me. I think it's fun. I never thought I would do it, but it's been so helpful.
0: You know, it's when the, I've I've had three. Wait four I've done four sessions so I've done two with Rachel and then two with the person that taught Rachel or the head of the the school Lisa I have both of them on the podcast but what's funny is I had Rachel on the podcast a couple years back when she hadn't even this wasn't even a thing yet for her but um the first time I did it was with Rachel and I, you know, you know, how you go down the staircase. Did you do that? Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. So walking down the staircase and my childhood was complicated, right? Like there was some stuff, trauma and all that. And uh, <laughs> I got to the bottom of the staircase and I was frozen and it was weird because it's all happening in your brain, right? You're, you're seeing this stuff and I'm, she's on the zoom and I'm saying, I'm sort of freaking out right now about going through this door I don't know why. I mean, I know all the things that I've experienced. I don't know what could possibly be behind, you know. And so she was great about calming me down and making me feel really safe, which I think is important for things like this. And then I opened the door and holy moly, what an experience. It was phenomenal. And was I ran the- around telling everyone to do it. Like, you have to do this hypnotherapy. It is incredible.
1: Was that the past life one?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Lisa, um, as I mentioned, she and I did two on video for the school itself. It's funny because she said, do you want to do you want to do this um, this video and we'll use it to teach students? And I said, sure, of course. So we did it and it was so wackadoodle that she's like, do you want to do another one? <laughs> I was like, sure. Awesome. I want to get the I have the audios from them. I would love to get the video from them because I am I get demonstrative during it, as you know, from watching the video that Rachel and I did. Um so anyway i love it i love it what is can you share anything that you know There's, nothing sacred but just something that that inspired you or that you remember that was mind-boggling for you
1: i don't think anything's sacred to be honest um like i'll share anything at the drop of hat. um but um i think it was interesting you were talking about your experience and mine was different like my first session with like rachel i felt very powerful like she would tell me to go downstairs and I would like turn it into a slide. And then, like, she'd be like this. I was like, oh, I'm flying. Like, like I was just like, I was like, I felt like I, I, I defied the constraints of reality when I was like inside my mind. Um, uh, we did a past life regression later. She wanted to like wait for me. And one of, yeah, it was one of my, the first, the first door that I went through. I walked out and there was like this just this really dark blue sky and then I saw like the bushes and there was like fire coming up and I looked down and I was like I was like an African elder Uh, and I couldn't figure out if I was like male or woman like I just didn't know like uh, and I feel like in that culture there wasn't the same distinction between gender because I really couldn't like place it but then I figured out that I was like am like a man and that I left my wife and like my children were celebrating her life around the fireplace and I was so proud of my children like I really like I really like
0: yeah you really feel lived
1: like it at this moment yeah uh, and it was like a, it was really beautiful and you know Rachel did the caveat is like you know they could have really happened or it could be just like you know something in your life manifesting through this thing and, I, and for me it felt like me teaching my students at groundlings um but like i think it's both that like in a weird way like that moment
0: it's so freaking real though you know well, it's yeah. so vivid and so real so you've done different kinds you've done hypnotherapy that's more um uh just for um self-care and then you've done the past life i've only done the past life stuff it, and
1: past life inner child um Sometimes she doesn't even tell me what like script script that she's doing. She's like, we'll just talk first, and then she ask me like, "What do you kind of like want to like work on today?" Yeah, um, and then I just trust her, and we do energy work too.
0: Yeah, she's a true natural talent at it. I think. Yeah. 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 I'm glad that it's helped so much for you too.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> it's it's better. It's, last week was a hard week. Just like I felt blocked. By like the universe. I don't know if you ever feel like that. I know. I sure do. <laughs> but because like, literally the weekend before, I just spent a bunch of days like meditating and like listening to like tone frequencies to raise my by vi- raise my vibrations. I have all these bracelets now that I'm wearing, each with a different purpose, and like using oils and just thinking like, okay, like this guy is gonna work out between us, and like money is coming in, and all of this, all these thoughts. And like the week after, like literally one of the oils is called like Lucky lucky B word oil, I said don't cuss, but you figure out it's B word, you know, lucky, you get it, right? I got um, it. Yeah, you, get it. you can say it for your audience. If they lucky can't hear it. Out. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Um, so I'm using this oil to like bring in fortune and like my stimulus didn't come in, a package was lost in the mail. Um, the guy told me he was dating somebody else. The other guy that I was going on dates with just to be open to possibilities was like, also no. And then just like, um, but test results didn't come in, like, everything just, like, didn't happen. I couldn't get internet installed, like, every single thing But like, what's That the ha- you happening. had willed? I wonder... And I had this peace, like, I was just, like, I had this peace, and I know that Rachel's, R- Rachel is responsible for that. Or, the work that we've been doing is responsible for that. Yeah. All right, I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I do not want no, to... No, no,
0: I, I, I mean, slower. technically, I cut you off, so we're... It's all fair game. Um, gosh, darn it! Uh, <laughs> when... You manifest things. I, I It's funny. I, I used to just be like, this is what I want. This is what I want. And now I'm more like, I'm going to ask permission for something. And is it okay? And it's weird. Sometimes I hear, nope, that's that's not for you today. So it is a weird place to be because the universe has a divine order to it, in my humble opinion. And uh, as the Rolling Stones like to point out, you can't always get what you want. So it's a weird, that that feeling of, of having respect for this great manifesting power and not not knowing, is this the day or not?
1: You know, it's really overwhelming. I think that's part of the reason why I was in so much pain in the past year, because I got a lot of conflicting information you know i'll get i'll get get things like you are the creator of your universe like think it it will happen and then i got like oh divine timings at play and then you know you have to like release and let like, go and, and like and, like surrender and so like one day i would wake up and i'd be like today's the day i'm scripting and i'm scripting. i'm gonna write it out 55 times for five days in a row and then i say like today i'm surrendering and then like it was i feel like i was so overwhelmed by different ways of even like manifesting different ways of even just like mana manifesting and like i think I, I reached out to a psychic and i just i wrote i asked her a question about the guy that, that like i had feelings for and I did, I did it in a way i phrased it in a way to to be like to show that like i was certain that it was going to happen and then she made me feel bad about that she was like you know the way that you're phrasing this is like you know you're not open to whatever and i was like i can't win
0: like oh, no. everything i it do does feel that way and we know we're learning as we go as well. Right? Yeah. If everything came to us, we'd be assholes. We would never learn anything. So there's that problem. I just realized when you said the word manifest, I'm like, oh, I wonder if that came from manna as in bread and fest as in feast. Feasting on the bountiful bread is the thing where Jesus turned all the multitudes of, of loaves. You know? I wonder if that's where that came from. I'm going to have to look that up later because I'm, I'm curious about that.
1: I always think of manna as hand, but you're probably right.
0: Oh, I have no idea. It just popped in my head, but I'm definitely going to look it up later.
1: I don't, I'm, I'm thinking now because like, why do I think man, like man means hand?
0: I don't know. Manicure, probably. Mm. Yeah. So maybe a manicure is actually putting cute little decals on the loaf of bread.
1: <laughs> I think it's that, definitely a hand kind thing with manicures what i do like, the i don't like a hand
0: that feeds you man i don't know i mean yeah 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 look this up later for sure what I,
1: what I do now is i visualize and i just i try to do it i don't i never say want or need right i was like I'm, I'm grateful for this happening yeah um and then i just try to feel the feeling and then i try to like let it go and get on with my day the hard part is it like The hard part is just trying to find joy in my day during a pandemic.
0: I think the confusing part too is that, you know, you think as I think, okay, this is what I think I'm ready for or I need or is is okay or good for me. And especially when it comes to other people, like I have a crush on so-and-so. They would be perfect. We'd be so perfect together. But I have no idea what the heck that person is going through in their private hell, you know? Just like they don't know what's going on in my private hell, and those two might not mesh very well. Mine's they not quite. The,
1: mine's not quite the same. It's like it's not even like. It's almost like an issue with the way the thing, the system's built, like how the universe is designed, like. By um, a joker. <laughs> and it's it's been a a process because I remember what happened between me and the guy was that like he really liked me, but then he chose someone who was just like me. But he said he wasn't as good enough as me and i spent a really long time like years building up my self-esteem working out and i hate working out and just sacrificing just to get to a place where like just to so that i would be open to and ready to have like a boy a boyfriend and when we're together it felt like heaven and then for him to look at me at like my full Potentialized self and go like hey like you're too good for me I just cracked like I just cracked on a soul level and I went like what do you want from a universe because uh, if you want I will just move to to the Midwest and I'll just eat like fast food until I die if that's if that's your will let me know because I'm doing all this hard work and what's the point of it like I really d- don't even want to go toward my dreams anymore because I was like what's the point of going towards my 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 dream if like I I want someone to share to, to share my life with, not just anyone, but someone who makes me feel that sense of like magic. Um, and so when he said that, like I wasn't mad at him, I wasn't mad at myself. I wasn't even mad at like the other guy. It was just anger at the thing I, thing I could not touch, like whatever allowed all of that to happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was really angry at it. And then I'm doing all this spiritual work over in the past year, and I'm reading this gene keys, and then just like don't be a victim. And I, and it's, I was like having a hard time with that. Cause I'm like, I'm being punished. Like I I'm, I'm being punished for being good. And I'm reading that book and reality unveiled. And it's like, according to that guy's theory, our souls chose to take this journey for a reason. So in that sense, I'm not the victim because like when my soul reincarnated into this life, it shows this life so that I could learn the lesson to get to whatever soul level it needs to get to, to next. So that made me a little less angry because it wasn't like God punishing me for being good. It was my higher self choosing this life for me to learn whatever less than 38 years, years of being single was supposed to teach you. Because I tell you, I don't know what else I'm supposed to learn about myself because I'm pretty good on that front. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's frustrating because I, like, I, I am who I want to be. So it's I'm trying to find out like what lesson I'm supposed to learn in all of this, which I guess it's patience.
0: Yeah. Have you had flings, like sexual flings that are just for fun?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, that was most of my twenties. Well, they weren't for fun. Like, cause it was, my twenties was like a mix of like rejection and then like just weird relation. Like I, I was, I had a straight guy who was my like hookup for a while, which, and I like, I kept turning him down. Cause I was like, I want a boyfriend and I do I'm like, what were you doing? He was hot. <laughs> like. What's right, straight right if he was- as long as okay here's the thing <laughs> he hot dish so like at the time i was 25 and he was older and he had these broad shoulders he would just take up all of my apartment with like his man energy and like i don't know how old he was but like he was straight and i i don't care like whatever you feel comfortable as long as you're just having sex with me i really don't care i was like fine cool you're straight so i'm like let's do it um and now i think he's like openly gay because i've seen him like on faith on facebook he was one like he's one of the gays that went to like another country during like new year's and like party and was like insensitive I'm, like i'm glad that you finally embraced your gayness and decided to be like a just an open a-hole um so i think he is i think he's one of
0: the abiza the Ibiza gays yeah, <laughs> like yeah. He went off he, to abiza for he uh, didn't go to puerto
1: vallarta but he went to rio
0: yeah okay there you go oh yeah Puerto Vallarta is that there's a my friend Olive just uh showed me that Instagram of it's it's called like pandemic gaze or something where they're they're sh- showing all the people on their trips and things
1: so gross <laughs> uh but yeah I have I've have had I have, I've had flings but flings aren't what I really want there's a difference between like having sex with somebody and like of know. course yeah but yeah I've I've, I've had I've had I've slept with. That's the thing when people tell me, "There's like, oh, like the guy that you're with, he just like said things." I was like, I've slept with guys who are gorgeous, like some of the most beautiful guys in the. I live in LA. Um, I don't know if you know that, but like beautiful men, and felt nothing. And as like to have somebody that you feel something for.
0: Yeah, it's a big. I'll deal.
1: choose that over the yeah. most beautiful man in the world.
0: Yeah, because you, you're a beautiful person, so you're sensitive and have have that part of you that, uh, you know, lights up when when somebody else is reflecting light back at you. Yeah. Talk about the gene keys a second, because you, um, I think, was it you or Rachel that taught me about those at first?
1: Um, I think Rachel may have mentioned it first, but I, I think I talked, because I told Rachel about it. But I think she mentioned it before we talked about it. Um, but yeah, uh, a friend turned me on to it because it he was also trying to help me deal with the fact that the guy I have feelings for is with somebody else in a different state. Um, And he was like, it sounds like you're actually like, like I have like a healthy mindset. Like I do everything therapists say you're supposed to do, but I'm like, I'm still sad. My therapist was like, yeah, I don't know what to do for you. And he was like, I don't know what to do either. Try the Gene Keys. And I was like, fine. And so I go to this website and you put in your um, birthday and time of place of birth. And it sounds very like, like astrological, but it's more than that. It kind of gives you like a, a map of yourself, um, and I was listening to it, and it was just so spot on, like it was uncanny with like my personality traits and what I've been going through, and like all year long, I kept getting things to like you know work on your shadow work, like like do shadow work, and I would like look it up, and I was like, this doesn't make any sense to me, like, and then the gene keys tells totally you like your shadow frequency, your good frequency, and like the whole point is to rise from your shadow, your shadow frequency to your gift frequency. Um, so like just knowing that like patience is actually like, like impatience is a shadow frequency for me. That's in my love like area, you know, I'm like, okay, that's a lesson that, cause when things were going great with the guy that I, that, that like I was in love with, I was being so patient. And as soon as he told me that he liked somebody else, it went away entirely. And I didn't have the self knowledge to know like that I was even in a shadow, for, I just felt the pain. But yeah. even during like the darkest moment of quarantine last year, it was like a different kind of death. It wasn't a physical death that I was worried about. It was like the death of this person that I really like. Like, I like my kindness and I like my hope and I like all of that. And just like feeling that that was being lost and in jeopardy because like, I couldn't find my way out of the darkness.
0: Also, when somebody says to you that you've presented yourself like I care for you and they come back and say, well, I care for you, too, but you're too good for me or you're or I'm broken or whatever. It's just like it leaves you to even in a state of of feeling pretty grounded and good about yourself. They're still like, well, fuck, am I am I not attractive enough? Am I not sexy enough? Am I not smart
1: enough? It's been so helpful just to know like what what specifically I can work on because my, my, like mine is tricky. Like Mine isn't stuff like greed and like sloth, you know? And now, now that i like this new guy and he's talking to somebody else, like I'm able to go like, I can be patient. It may work mm-hmm. out, it may not work out, but there's, I'm not having another like identity crisis. And, mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, being patient and not forcing your dreams, but like allowing them to come to you. I was like, oh,
0: ah, give me sloth any day. <laughs> I know. Like, I can work on sloth.
1: <laughs> I can be less greedy. <laughs> just give me one boyfriend.
0: <laughs> I'll oh, put links on in the, on HeyHumanPodcast.com for the gene keys, too, because I think uh, on, on that links page, I think uh, it's an interesting thing for sure.
1: It really is. Yeah.
0: Dig in. I think I sent you mine. I, mine seemed pretty appropriate as well was interesting all that stuff fascinates me and
1: though. I feel like when I study it like okay because I kind of put it down for a bit just to to do some writing but when I was like I spent one day just like just kind of just like just just like reading it and listening to it and like I, I booked an acting job the same day and I was like I wish this is not do anything but just study the cheek
0: yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean that's the ticket
0: have you been doing a lot of auditions on Zoom?
1: No, I actually haven't done any Zoom auditions. All mine oh. have been self tapes.
0: Oh, they've been self tapes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Which is a challenge when you live by yourself. But
0: if you ever need somebody to read, I have done that for some of my other actor friends and I love it. I think it's a blast.
1: I love and it I too. Can,
0: yeah. So it's just, you know. it's
1: just, it's kind of, it's just like one of those things where like you get the audition like day of. Uh, and You yeah. do it like that night and you're just like, well, you can text me
0: anytime if I'm available, I will happily help just read the other lines and stuff. I
1: appreciate that. I, I love yeah. reading also. I used to love yeah. reading in our in, in our class. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah it'd be, it'll be interesting when things open up again to go back into class and see where my mindset is. I was so nervous in the beginning. Oh, my gosh. I was so nervous. And uh,
1: it was really cool to watch you. Be really nervous? Cool, cause, no, because I just didn't know that you were nervous because like, I didn't know you very well. So I just thought you were like really quiet. Uh, and then once you just became comfortable, like this really beautiful, just like sense of humor and light just kind of came, just, just, just came through that really surprised me because I was like, I thought you were so quiet. But I think you're like me in the sense that my teachers always thought that I was a blossomer. Like every year they'd be like, you really blossomed over the years. Like, no, I'm just kind of quiet at first.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm shy and quiet at first, which nobody ever believes me, but, um, <laughs> but and I was, it was intimidating. Cause I remember I, I stepped into class and watching many of you who were so excelled in comparison. And I'm one of those people, like, I want to do everything perfectly the first time, even though I've learned over the years to give myself space, but, um, I was proud of myself just from my ridiculousness in the beginning to where I got right before pandemic. I, I felt like I had grown so much in just that short amount of time. Um I still had I mean eons to go, but I don't know if you were there when we did that when the guest teacher came in and that was a really fun day. And I got to be a, a therapist from Glee and he had us run through our thing and we did it and that was great. And then he said, Okay, now I want you to to really kind of gussy up the comedy of the character oh my god I had so much fun with that and I felt so alive and like I really that that's my place I'm like oh I'm a comedic actress. like that's my thing I think probably quirky yeah, I, do,
1: and... I do remember that day
0: oh you were there I couldn't remember if you were there
1: <laughs> was it Deshaun Terry was that, was that yes. his name? Yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah such a blast how can people find you
1: um, I'm on Instagram, Twitter,
0: Tinder. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, it's all the same name, Navaris Darson. So if it's written out, it's just Navaris Darson, yeah. lowercase.
0: N-A-V-A-R-I-S-D-A-R-S-O-N. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> I think you're amazing and I love you and I appreciate that you, uh, said yes when I said be on the show.
1: I adore you and, uh yeah i i just uh i'm sure everybody who listens knows this already but like you're one of the kindest most wonderful people that i've ever met so i'm Aww. glad to be here
0: thanks you make me cry i appreciate that all right well uh i will see you at some time <laughs> in real life but i'm always available on the on the uh text and the zoomsies and all that kind of stuff so
1: same i'll like your stuff yeah. on twitter
0: yay <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Rate and review Hey Human on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks. Bye.